You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Well, happy Sunday, everybody. How we doing? Doing good? Okay, well, good to be with you. Grateful you would spend your Sunday morning here uh, at Ke'elikolani Middle for our church service. Um, we are in the book of Philippians. If you were here with us last week, we had an intro to this amazing letter written by Paul to this church at Philippi. And I highly encourage you to go back and watch or listen to it if you weren't able to be here, because it just frames the whole letter and this whole next season well of just understanding what you're reading and who it's to and the authors and all the context is super important. And so we are endeavoring, this isn't only like a four-week study, this is from now until next Easter, Easter 2024, like seven months from now. We are just crawling our way through the book of Philippians and uh, I'm excited about it because, you know, you can teach the Bible a lot of different ways. Um, I kind of grew up in a tradition where we taught it verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And again, there's no wrong way to do it. Um, sometimes you can cover 30 verses in a day, sometimes one. And so um, we are biting off a whole three verses to go through today. And uh, we're just making our way through. And really the objective isn't to do a lot every week, but just to bite off a few things, dig in, and just allow the Lord to speak just in that little section. And if you've read any of the Bible, and specifically these letters that Paul writes, whether it's to a church or to a specific person or a, a different town, it's, they're dense. There's a lot to it, and there's a lot of meaning uh, behind it all. And so I'm excited to do that with you. Uh, so if you do have your Bible this morning, I would love for you to join with me in reading it along with me. Uh, Philippians 1, 3 through 6 is our text today. But for context's sake, I'm going to read uh, verses 1 through verse 6. I'm reading out of the NIV translation myself. Uh, there's Bibles by either doors if you just want a physical copy to read along with. Or if you don't have a Bible, those are for you as a gift. So you can go and take those home. But let's go ahead and read Philippians 1, 1 through 6. And then we'll pray and get into our time this morning. Here's what, here's what the letter says. It says, Paul and Timothy... Servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In our verses this morning, verse 3, says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Uh, this is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for where you have us on this day, in this text. And God, we thank you that even though this letter was written some 2,000 years ago to 
a very different place at a very different time with a very different people group, that this is your word and it is just as profitable for us as it was for them. God, I pray, as, as we, as we kind of harped on last week, that we would hear and receive this letter as if it was written to Reality Honolulu in the year 2023. We'd hear it this way. Because I believe that that's what you've, why you've preserved it, is that your people, your church, over time, could not only hear of your character and your goodness, but that we would might grow in, uh, in our own faithfulness, in our own likeness of Christ. And so... Would you anoint our time this morning, Lord? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So again, it, once again, if, if you weren't with us, this is a letter written to this church in the city of Philippi, modern-day Greece. And it, it's near and dear to the Apostle Paul's heart because last week we saw Acts chapter 16, and we heard the church in Philippi's formation story. And it was Paul that came because he was led by the Spirit, and he helped start this church. And we get the names of the first members of this church. And so Paul is now, fast forward just a few years, he's been imprisoned for his faith in the city of Rome. He's under house arrest, and there's a few letters that he's writing, and one of them is to what he would say is his favorite church. He, he picks favorites. And it's this church in Philippi. Again, we're not sure of the size. Could be 10. Could be 50. It's not probably a mega church. We don't hear about really any of those in the Bible. Like, sorry, that was complicated. <laughs> it's, I don't mean to be complicated. I just... Sorry. <laughs> Let's just leave it there. Just come talk to me after. I'm just, it's complicated. I've just been a pastor for like 17 years, and so I care about the church a lot. And so I just care about it a lot, care about people a lot. Sorry, tangent. I'm going to keep going. So Paul writes this letter to this church of an unknown size. It doesn't matter. But there's these people that are trying to follow Jesus. They're trying to be used by Jesus in this city to the best of their ability. These are not special people. There's nothing special about them. They've just decided to follow Jesus, and they are humbly trying to follow him. And he's writing this letter to encourage them, to exhort them, because again, Paul doesn't know how much time he has. He is really, he doesn't know if he's going to be executed the next day, if he's going to be released from prison. And so he, in some sense, he's writing this this last letter to this church that he doesn't know if he'll ever see again. And so it's a big deal. Like every, everything he says is, is coming from a real heartfelt place. He knows them personally. And he wants to communicate some really important things to them. And if I was going to break down these three verses today into two points, they'd be these. One is Paul points out their faithfulness. Right, the Philippians' faithfulness to following Jesus. He makes a point to exhort them in the way in which they follow Jesus. And number two is he reminds them of God's faithfulness. That God's faithfulness is going to continue to work in them. 
right? He's commending their own faithfulness, but he's not just leaving it there. He's reminding them of who it is they follow and how he is perfectly faithful. Okay, so first point, their faithfulness. So what Paul is doing here, right, after he shares who's writing the letter and he gives a little salutation, grace and peace to you, he harps on the fact and he, he really reminds us that weren't there and don't know what the church has been like at all. Because if you know Paul's letters, there's some that you don't want to receive. Like there's some that when you read it, you'd be like, oh man, I am just getting rebuked right now for the way in which I haven't done things. But again, Philippians is different. See, what we, what we see here is that they weren't perfect because no one is. But they were consistent in serving the Lord. Again, from Acts 16, their origin story, till now, Paul's letter. Again, it's not a lot of time. Five, ten years, maybe. They have continued to be the church. And Paul says, he said, I pray for you, and often in my prayers, I thank God for your partnership with me to see God's kingdom come. He's commending them. He's exhorting them. And here's the deal. Uh, this is not easy to do. Like church, I would beg to fight against is the messiest place on earth. Church is so messy. Church is very imperfect because, again, it's led by imperfect people. Um... Not every pastor gets the chance or the experience to church plant. Um, I have, and I would say it's even more complicated to navigate. Us pastors get together all the time across denominations, and it's really funny how much you relate to these people. And I can relate to pastors, but I can relate even more to church planter pastors that have tried to start something from nothing with people you don't know. And then have to raise people up into leadership and like you name it. We've all lived through this. Church is hard. It's imperfect. It's messy. Uh, it's complicated to navigate. Um, and so what Paul is saying here, like the, the, is he's just saying like good job still being a church. He's not saying good job being perfect, good job being successful, good job being big or small or how you serve the community. He's just said like, good job continuing to be faithful to what God has for you. Because being like inside the church, just know that just being a church is hard enough. Like there's so many pastors on island recently that I've connected with. And when I tell them our story of, you know, coming from the mainland and starting a community from nothing and, uh, our story of being at a Leolani and then online for 15 months and now here. Literally this week, one pastor was like, hey, good job just like still being here. Like honestly, good job because he had a, a building, you know, his church had a building. He's like, I can't even imagine if I didn't have a place to meet for all that time. And I'm like, well, you had a bunch of problems too <laughs> that you had to navigate with people coming back early and all the different opinions. Trust me, I don't actually envy you either. But, right, there's this commonality of, like, hey, good job just, like, being here still. And, like, in a sense, Paul's saying that. Like, it's coming from a life lesson that Paul himself walked. Like, good job just being faithful and trying your best to, like, follow Jesus 
and love people. And again, this comes from Paul's own life lesson. And he writes a few letters, and his co-author right here, Timothy, uh, he, he writes to Timothy some letters. Right? He's writing with Timothy now, but Timothy would go on to be a church planner and a pastor, and Paul would kind of pass the torch. And there's two letters that we have that Paul wrote Timothy, this young pastor. And in the second letter, he exhorts Timothy by saying this. All right, this is Paul, seasoned, young pastor Timothy. He says this. Timothy, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, again, this is Paul speaking, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. But he says this, he says, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous, righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but all who are eagerly look forward to his appearing. But look at verse 7 there. Paul's just saying at the end of his life, really he's commending Timothy to do the same. He says, I fought this good fight. I finished the race. I have remained faithful. He didn't say, I remained perfect. He didn't say, I remained successful. Did everything right. He just said, oh, like, I'm commending you to try to follow my example of trying to be faithful to what God has for you. And so what he's saying here to the church in Philippi is, right, they, they stayed the course. Like, you haven't given up. Again, at that time, the church was birthed out of heavy persecution. Last week we saw that at, at the, the name of Jesus, Paul and Silas were imprisoned. Right? And God miraculously, like, rescued them from prison. But the church was, like, birthed out of a prison escape. That's what happened. Christianity was not welcomed. The idea of having a citizenship that was better than a Roman citizenship, a heavenly one, was not received. That there was a kingdom better than the Roman Empire was not received. So this church could have easily given up over the years, but they didn't. They just remained faithful to do what they thought, to the best of their ability, God had for them. Again, I'm going to do this a lot, this series, but Paul writes this other letter to this other church in this other city named Galatia. We have it. Galatians is the book we have in the Bible, right? This is the letter. And this church in Philippi heeded the words, uh, again, I don't know if they ever read this letter, but the idea they got, because Paul wrote the same idea to the church in Galatia, and they encouraged, he encouraged them this way. Paul, speaking to the church in Galatia, said, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Again, this is a different church in a different city. Paul's saying the same thing. Like, just don't give up. There are so many reasons that you should throw in the towel. It's hard. It's complicated. It's messy. 
But he's exhorting these churches to not give up on the bride of Christ, on the person of Jesus. Like, yes, there's a million reasons why you should. Paul says, but don't. In due time, you'll reap what you sow. And honestly, the older I get, the longer I do ministry, the longer I experience life. <laughs> I think this is probably true of anyone. Um, the more I respect and honor, like, someone's just faithfulness. Like, I don't know. I'm not 21 anymore, so I, I'm, like, over the, like, let's just be awesome in everything we do. It's like, first of all, that's not going to last. Second of all, I would rather you just be reliable and dependable and faithful, like, over the course of years than, like, show me a couple amazing things over a couple years. In anything. You name that of an employee. You name that of a friend. You name that of a spouse. Like, just longevity and perseverance and faithfulness over a long time, I would take that any day. Right? Like, in any, in any situation. And that's what Paul's saying here. Paul's saying, like, God bless you for your faithfulness just to stick it out. It's like the pastor this week, like, good, good job just being here still. And that was really meaningful for me, coming from someone else that pastored tw through 2020 and 21, 22, and 23. Like, I was like, dude, that's really encouraging because you have no idea how hard it was, right? But again, I think the older we get, the more we do life, just the ability to stick things out. And when it comes to our faith, just the fact to, like, stick with following Jesus. Like, stick loving him and, and serving him. And, yeah, I know everything's messy. Yeah, I know every church isn't perfect. I, I know. I'm, not, I'm the first one to be like, yeah, I could tell you. If you're looking for the perfect church, it doesn't exist. But, again, like, faithfulness and perseverance and sticking it out. Because, again, let's be honest, it's easy to do a lot of stuff in life if it's only for a short moment. But the real test is, right, how we all persevere over time. Like, that is the test of it. And unfortunately, you know, being a pastor in different settings and different cities and different churches for the last almost two decades, it's unfortunate how many people just don't finish running the race. Right? It's so hard to see people that depart from the way of following Jesus. Like, it breaks my heart because I'm just like, no, no, it's okay. Like, like keep, just keep going. Just keep going. Like, come along with us because we're not supposed to be alone. We're all a mess. We're all messed up. We're not perfect. But let's just follow Jesus together and just keep going. Just keep going. Even if you have questions, even if you're hurting, like, just, just keep going. And again, we, we see this kind of interesting phrase in this one parable that Jesus talks about in Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. And <clears throat> if, you, if you know this, you know what I'm getting to. But there's really only one thing that you want to hear from Jesus when you see him face to face. It's only one thing. And he talks about it in this parable. Is it well done, good and perfect servant? No. Is it well done, good and successful servant? No. What is it? In Jesus, it, it, Jesus says in Matthew 5, uh, 25, 23, he says this. What you want to hear is well done, good and faithful servant. 
You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Again, this is a parable of kind of something earthly to communicate a heavenly reality. And so really, when we, at the end of our lives, what do you want to hear Jesus say? Like, well done, good and faithful servant. Right? It's just like you stuck with me. You trusted me. You believed me. Did you mess up? Yeah. Did you, did you sin? Yeah. Did you, did you, like, were you perfect? No. Again, we put all these barriers on ourselves. We put it all on ourselves. But what Jesus is asking, what Paul is asking, us as Christians, us as a church, we're just trying to be faithful to what God has for us. And again, for Paul, he had seen a lot of life. He had seen church and ministry. And again, he didn't always say this to every church. But right at the beginning of the letter, uh, he made sure to acknowledge that it stuck out. Like, if this, is, this is one thing that really stuck out to him was, hey, good job, just keep going. Like, good job just in existing still. I hope that takes, like, the bar down. I know that all of us have a myriad of ways we grew up. We have perceptions of church. We have perceptions of what it means to follow Jesus. The bar is just to try your best to follow Jesus and be faithful to what he's called you to do. All the other stuff, like, yeah, that doesn't mean that we try to grow and try to get better and try to become more like Jesus, of course. But I hope that frees you from feeling like you need to perform to be accepted or to be, like, like somehow in better graces with God. Like, that doesn't even exist in the Bible, these thoughts. But again, we put that on ourselves. But again, all that God's asking, all that Paul's reminding us is just to be faithful to what God has. And the second, again, that was kind of a longer point, so don't worry. The second and shorter but more important part of what Paul is saying about God, what God is going to do in them, is Paul talks about God's faithfulness. He's just harping on their faithfulness. Like, he's just encouraging them and excited and because, again, not many people are faithful, so he's like, I want to point that out. But then... What Paul says to be confident in. I don't know if you guys caught that. Did you see that? He says, verse 6, Be confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it into completion into the day of Christ Jesus. Dude, that verse alone will preach. Right? Because what Paul is saying is he saying to the church, again, God's saying to us, right, that the work God started and continues is not the end. He is not finished with you. So again, Paul's writing this letter to this church, and he's saying there's more that God wants to do in you individually, as a church, and in that city for God's kingdom. Again, Paul in another letter to another church in a city called Ephesus says this. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. You guys probably know it by heart. But by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one would boast. Look at 10. For we are his worksmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, 
which were, were which God prepared beforehand so that we would just walk in them. I love this, and I've loved it for a long time because this is why. What he's saying here is that God is sovereign. He's the one in control. He's all-powerful and all-knowing. And actually, he's already, like, set things out in front of you. You don't have to do it. You just have to obey and follow, and you're going to step right into his will. Like, there's literally steps. There's, there's things in your life that God's already prepared beforehand that he desires for your life and to be used by him to love your family and your community and to be used by him to see others come to know him. Like, there's all these amazing things that he has. We didn't do any of this, but he's done it all, and we just have to walk in them. Again, it's all based on his faithfulness and not ours. Even Jesus said he was the one that would build the church, not us. He, he wants to use us, but it's him that we serve. It's him that we follow. He's the chief shepherd. He's the senior pastor. It's all about him. But what I love is that um, Paul just doesn't exhort their faithfulness and stop there. But did you notice what he did? He does this all the time. He reminds his readers of God's unchanging character. Kind of like, hey, the reason you can be faithful is because your God is perfectly faithful. That's who you follow. Again, Paul is always trying to bring their attention off their own circumstances and the people coming against them and back on the most important thing. It's who God is and what he is all about. Okay, so here's kind of a wrap-up. Here's, here's a, here's a wrap-up for us today. For those of you in here that have been faithful to the best of your ability, right? It's kind of a vague word, but to, to live for Jesus and serve Jesus. And you've kept engaging in this community and giving to this community and like, good job. You just being a Christian and going to church after the last few years the world has had, like, good job. Good job continuing to try to follow the way of Jesus. Because not everyone has. I, like Paul, want to commend you for being faithful to, to continue to love him and serve him and give. Because and... these times can be so confusing and hard to navigate. But I want to let you know, like, your faithfulness bears so much fruit, more than you can even imagine. Because if it's not us, who is it? Like, we are the people of God. If the people of God don't love the world with the love of God, like, nobody will. Like, we're all that's left this generation. Like, we have the baton of this generation to follow Jesus. And we're placed in a unique place, in a unique world, at a unique time. And so good job being faithful. But I know if you're anything like me, there's a lot of us here that may not feel like we have stuck it out. Or maybe you like, are me, like me and you like to be perfect and you like to do everything right and you like to not make mistakes, like join the club. We can easily go, oh, I don't know if that's me. I don't know if I am being faithful to what God has. Well, here's the good news. 
that's okay because this. Our God is a God full of grace. Like this is the gospel or the good news that we trust in, that is the foundation of our faith that we believe in, is that God forgives. God redeems. God restores. God does not look at you and judge you for your performance, but rather he loves you where you are. Obviously, there's things that he wants for you and he wants to grow, but he, like a parent, he's a perfect one, though. He's a perfect heavenly father. We're his kids. He'll always love us. We're always his kids, regardless if we always listen, if we always do the right thing, if we always obey. Like, that's not, if you're a parent of a kid, you know, like, I'm going to love my kid regardless of anything they ever do. The love of a parent is absolutely fierce. God's even more. I am going to love my kids forever, for eternity, regardless. Yes, do I want good things for them? Yes, do I want better things? Of course. But the beauty of the God we serve is that he's a God that extends grace when we are sitting in this room feeling like, oh man, I haven't stuck it out. My story is not the story of the church in Philippi. That's okay. God forgives, God redeems, God restores. And look at this again. I'm going to say it many times. But Paul, in that same second letter to Timothy, he wrote this. And it's really important. That's where I'm going to end here. He said, Timothy, if we are unfaithful, our God remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. <laughs> that is so, so needed for all of us to hear. Like, God's going to do what he's going to do. He's always faithful. We're not going to get in the way of that. And even if we feel like, man, we've been so unfaithful, God's like, I'll always be faithful. I'm here. I'm with you. I'm for you. My kingdom's going to come. It's beauty. God is faithful even when we're faithless. Even though we may fail and be a mess at times, God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so reality, Honolulu, as your brother, friend, as your pastor, my, my words this morning, take, take them as God's word through me to you that God is not done with you. God is still at work with you, in you, and through you. Again, I've sat with too many people that are believing the lie that they're too far gone, they're too dirty, they've messed up too much. You have no idea how broken I am. How could I even think that God would ever love me or even use me? It's because he's God, and he's full of grace and unconditional love, and this is what the Bible tells us. So if you're sitting there saying, how could God ever love me? How could God ever use me? Well, just heed the word of God this morning that God is not done with you. God is for you and not against you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Like, he's right here. And he wants to speak and use you for his glory just as much as the next, next person. There's no, like, special Christians. There's no, like, better than Christians. Like, we're all his people, and he wants to use us all for his glory. And so take those words to heart as we enter into the second set of worship. Let's worship our God for who he is. Let's spend time engaging, praying, connecting with him, maybe sitting at his feet, 
maybe kneeling on the carpets up here, maybe it's raising your hands, but have the freedom to worship God for how you see fit. And um, let's take these words to heart that God is not done with us and he's still at work. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are the perfect example of faithfulness. Then even as we look at our own faithfulness sometimes, or the way we stuck it out, or even like, you know, commending of Philippi, or talking about our own story, that all of this faithfulness, all of this sticking out, is not by our own strength, but it is yours. God, we thank you that you're the one that leads us and guides us and strengthens us to follow you. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray for all of us that we would be really open and vulnerable with you this morning, that we would assess our own lives, that you would meet us in the areas where we feel like, yeah, we're, we're, we're away or we're not in the space that we're supposed to be. pray you'd meet us there. God, I pray for those of us that are really trying to love and serve and, and, and do what we feel like you've called us to do. And I just pray you'd encourage us. I pray you'd give us resilience and strength and perseverance to just still follow the way of Jesus. We love you, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.